0: is not Sam wrestling. Introducing your host from New York. Here is Sam Roberts. Thursday, not Sam Thursday. The one night of the week when we don't have WWE or AEW or something. I'm sure there's some kind of wrestling on. Is Impact on on Thursdays or Tuesdays? I don't know. I think the schedule is still working itself out, but we know what Thursday is now. It's the grand tradition. Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. The day of the week when Scoops Roberts comes to you with that midweek update on everything that's going on in the world of pro wrestling. I know. You're used to Not Sam wrestling every Thursday morning once a week. No, 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 not anymore. Monday mornings. First thing. Thursday afternoons. Thursday, not Sam. Thursday for the update. By the way, everybody who's on Patreon right now, Patreon.com/slash/NotSamWrestling, they get the uh, all the people who are indie level, indie darling level, and above. Not Sam Shills, over at Patreon.com/slash/NotSamWrestling, get the absolute joy of having the option of watching this entire show either live as it happens in the Patreon on the Patreon page, or you know, it exists on the Patreon page, uh, uh, I think, forever. So, if you want to see this show live or all the video, you know, all the video of, of every interview that was on last week's Not Sam Wrestling Monday show with all the NXT stars and this week's Not Sam Wrestling Monday show with Ric Flair and Charlotte and Bobby Lashley and Adam Cole and the Good Brothers, all those videos... Before they hit the YouTube page, and they all will hit the YouTube page for free, but before they hit the YouTube page, are available right now at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. And of course, all tiers, less than a dollar a week, four bucks a month, uh, gets access to every Not Sam Wrestling podcast uh, before anybody else. As soon as I'm done recording it, it goes right onto the Patreon page, ad-free. It's the best deal in show business, patreon.com. Slash not Sam Wrestling, and we know we know why not Sam Wrestling now requires two big podcasts a week because Scoops Roberts, the last professional broadcaster, hack wrestling journalist, Sam Roberts has all the scoops for you and too many stories to talk about. If I mean, we got to keep doing our interviews, and that's what we have Monday for. And we do the state of wrestling, but the whole world, every single week, there's so much wrestling, the whole world has changed by Thursday. And that's where Thursday, Not Sam Thursday, comes in. So here we go. Um, I think probably the biggest story of the week thus far has to be Bruce Pritchard. And this is all backstage. Bruce Pritchard now in charge of SmackDown. Of course, uh, several months ago, the announcement was made. Eric Bischoff coming into WWE to be in charge of at the time SmackDown Live, now Friday Night SmackDown, and Paul Heyman already in the WWE being promoted as the head muckety muck of Monday Night Raw. Um, at first, I think I like a lot of people saw this report and assumed this was for on-screen roles that the you know role of the GM. That we've come to know and love would be uh, modified and and fit a more modern era, but no, this had nothing to do with on air. Eric Bischoff worked for WWE for what July, August, September, four months or so, and never made an on air an on air appearance. And Eric Bischoff is great on air. I mean, people would have flipped out if they were sitting there going, and you know, just ah, oh, I wonder what's going to be on SmackDown tonight. I'm back, I'm better than ever people would have flipped. But that wasn't the role. That wasn't the job. The job was actually taking Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff and uh, using their skill sets that they developed when they were running ECW and WCW, respectively. Uh, So, you know, rumors have been flying around the Internet as to what exactly they were doing. Uh, Not too long after this announcement was made, we got the episode of Raw where... Uh, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley went through the screen, um, and Corey Graves uh, got a curse word out on on the television set, which I always enjoy. Um, Since then, there have been uh, storylines with Mike and Maria. There have been storylines with Bobby Lashley and Lana. There have been uh, certain talents, uh, uh, Cedric Alexander, for example, getting bumped up uh, to more main event spots. Things have changed a lot on Raw, and people go, well, that must be a Paul Heyman influence. And then rumors and stories all over the place about Eric Bischoff and what he was actually doing and how he was fitting in and blah, blah, blah. Eric Bischoff not only uh, now is no longer in charge of SmackDown, but after saying that he had moved from Wyoming or wherever he was living to Stamford, he was living out in the sticks, out in the middle of nowhere, just enjoying his life and his dog, and now it moved all the way to uh, the hustle and bustle of stanford connecticut for this gig uh, is apparently according to reports not with the company at all anymore not just you know oh, he's not going to be in charge of smackdown he's going to be over here in the office he's dunsky apparently um and you know i would love to find out i'm sure that we will find out right eric Bischoff is a pretty uh public figure at this point he does uh, one of the conrad podcasts as they've become to know uh, as they've become known 83 weeks Um, You know, I'm sure he'll be on the convention circuit. So I'm sure that at some point, Eric Bischoff will talk about what happened and why this run in WWE was short-lived and not terribly public. I'm sure we're going to get that information. Um, You know, I interacted with Eric while he was in WWE a couple of times, handful of times. You know, I'm there. I don't know, once every four to six weeks for not even all the pay-per-views. Some of the pay-per-views, I'm I'm popping in here and there. But every time I saw Eric, I I spent any time with him. He seemed uh, in very good spirits, seemed very important. You know, I'm reading uh, reports that, oh, people didn't like Eric and people didn't want to work with Eric, but I never caught that vibe. And again, I'm not there every day, and I certainly am not afforded the intimate details and secrets, but you know, everybody was at least putting on a good public face because I never really got an inkling that anybody was certainly not upset. You know, I just saw work being done. I stick to my work and they stick to their work. But I was I was pretty surprised. Um, I think it's great that uh, Bruce Prichard is uh, back in a position because where he's going to be running SmackDown because Bruce Prichard is a super creative guy uh, who's just super in tune with everything that is, Wrestling, So, you know, I'm optimistic about that. I think Bruce Pritchard is going to be a good fit. But I am certainly fascinated in the story of Eric Bischoff. And I think at some point, you know, this whole era, we have to keep in mind, uh, this whole era of wrestling is uncharted territory. You have TV deals being signed, which are the biggest of all time when it comes to wrestling. So expectations are entirely different. You've got WWE kind of evolving along with technology and figuring out where it's going. It was a very ballsy move several years ago for WWE, who so much of their business had been wrapped up in pay-per-view for so long to sacrifice that revenue stream to put all their chips into this WWE subscription network, to watch them then change the way they monetize TV deals and alter... The business, again, Yeah, I think it's super interesting to watch Vince McMahon, you know, continue to uh, make WWE into a bigger and bigger company where Raw and SmackDown and NXT are now three major primetime television brands. And oh, by the way, in February, there's a football league coming. So, you know, a distribution of power, I think, like never before. So I think this is a, a, a much deeper story than simply what happened to Eric Bischoff. And I think, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to really let everything settle with what's going on right now. And to come out on the other side to say, okay, here's the full story of what happened. But in the meantime, I am looking forward to uh, finding out what Eric Bischoff's story was. Because I think it's fascinating. I think it's really, really interesting. But, you know, I love the idea that you've got guys like Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard that have been in the in the good graces and the bad graces of WWE, that have been, uh, you know, top creative people and have been not in WWE, have been, you know, not a part of the company. So as far as people who have seen every aspect, you know, I, I think that they both fit those categories. So I'm interested to see in where it's going to go and, how it's going to go. And I, I think that that is going to show itself as SmackDown and Raw identify themselves in the post-2019 draft era. The draft is done. and Well, I think the draft is done, but changes were being made as recently as today. We just found out via uh, WWE on Twitter, uh, one of their uh, WWE Now videos came out and announced that the AOP had gone from being free agents to Raw. The AOP, now Raw exclusive superstars. I literally just saw that video uh, as I started this thing. Uh, So what do we got now as we look at the landscape of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown? Of course, we talked about everything that happened with the draft on SmackDown uh, on the Monday show. Uh, But in terms of what happened Monday night, so your first round draft pick was Seth Rollins, which, you know, I think Raw is nuts to go with Seth Rollins instead of Brock Lesnar. I feel like Brock Lesnar is the giveaway first pick that any, realistically, that any roster should make, but they went with Seth Rollins. So you look at Raw, and they have Seth Rollins staying on Raw, Charlotte, which is big. The fact that Charlotte's moving from SmackDown to Raw, that's a pretty big deal, especially not only because... She's been on SmackDown this whole time, but because I mean, listen to the interview that I did with her um, on the podcast last week. There was this kind of assumption that she's been on all the SmackDown advertising materials. She's been in the SmackDown Open. Everything that's been like, oh, you know, the, the this these production stills, every single element that have made people go, oh, WWE's giving their draft details away. WWE is giving away what the results of the draft are early. They've all put Charlotte on SmackDown. You know, it's really weird. People criticize WWE for making last-minute decisions, and then they also criticize WWE for giving stuff away like weeks in advance. Like, I don't know how you could do both. But I think it's a big shock to see Charlotte on Raw. That's a lot of star power for Raw to have Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Raw's also got Andrade, who they drafted super early, which I think is is just obviously in this moment... They're trying to get across what a big star they consider Andrade. Asuka and Kairi Sane drafted to Raw. They'll continue to defend the tag team titles on both shows. But once they lose those titles, they'll be exclusive to Raw. Rusev's on Raw. No surprise there with the Rusev-Bobby Lashley storyline. Alistair Black on Raw. I think that's a good fit. Uh, Cedric Alexander staying on Raw. I think that's a good fit. Uh, Humberto Carrillo. Gets drafted to Raw early. Again, you know, I think that uh, Raw was definitely using this draft to try to make stars. Because there's a lot of guys, specifically, the fact that Baron Corbin was drafted in, like, the fourth round is absurd. Baron Corbin should have definitely been in the first round. He won the King of the Ring. I don't know what, how... If we're, if we're to believe that these war rooms full of network people are drafting these superstars, there's no way, no way that they could justify to me that Baron Corbin wasn't getting drafted early. Crazy. Eric Rowan and Buddy Murphy both on Raw. Buddy Murphy, uh, I think that's a good fit because Cedric Alexander has done really well on Raw. Eric Rowan was a surprise because Daniel Bryan, I guess Daniel Bryan's on on Raw. Right? Is he? Let me look that up. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Oh, maybe he's on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's staying on SmackDown. Right. That's why I thought it was weird. So Daniel Bryan's on SmackDown. Luke Harper's on SmackDown. And that was an added trade. But Eric Rowan going to Raw. So clearly something has happened where they see some potential in Eric Rowan. And I see it too. I mean, I think he was given a microphone for the first time during that Roman Reigns storyline. And for the most part, he was really great. You know, I thought his, his, his interviews for the most part were believable and compelling. You know, I, I, I bought into Eric Rowan as a main event guy. So maybe he's going over to raw to, to enter in that main event bad guy scene. I don't know why they would bring back Luke Harper only to immediately separate him and have Eric Rowan be drafted on television, and Luke Harper just be left as a free agent. It doesn't seem very nice to Luke Harper, but that's the way it went down. Um, You've got, who else? I was on, yeah, Buddy Murphy, I said. Uh, Jinder Mahal over to Raw. Our truth to Raw, so the 24-7 title is now a Raw title. Makes sense. They have three hours, and I still think, even with these picks, a more entertainment-based show. Samoa Joe on Raw. I like that the commentators brought up the fact that he was injured and that's why he was picked so late because that's what happens. I think Dio Madden brought that up and that makes sense because Dio Madden is an athlete. Uh, Akira Tozawa goes to Raw. I don't know who's going to be left for 205 Live. Shelton Benjamin, Rey Mysterio, Titus O'Neil, Liv Morgan all go to Raw. And then after the show, Hawkins and Ryder, The Iconics, Mojo Rawley, No Way Jose, Sarah Logan, all drafted to Raw. uh, As well as the Authors of Pain, uh, as I just said, that was announced earlier today. SmackDown gets Brock Lesnar. SmackDown gets The New Day, all three of them. Good pick, three people. Uh, SmackDown gets Daniel Bryan. Again, all these picks are people that were already on SmackDown, so I don't think anything too shocking. Although Scoops really thought it was going to be Brock to Raw, Seth to SmackDown, which I still think would be better because the Seth Fiend storyline is still going on even though The Fiend's on SmackDown and Seth is on Raw, so you're already confusing uh, your draft picks a little bit. Um, Bailey staying on SmackDown. I think that's good. I was super compelled by what she did on Friday. Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn technically, I guess, was a Raw guy, but he's sticking. He's part of this Shinsuke Nakamura package, and they're going to be on SmackDown, no problem. Ali staying on SmackDown. I think he would have done better on Raw with Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander and all those guys on Raw. Uh, You know, Sheldon Benjamin on Raw. I think he would have been better on Raw. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. SmackDown is where they're going. They lost the tag team titles to the Viking Raiders on Raw. Both of them as a team are going to SmackDown. Doesn't mean they'll stay a team, but they're going to SmackDown. is going to SmackDown. The Miz to back to SmackDown. Hopefully The Miz finds himself because he was uh, horrible on Raw. I mean, The Miz has had maybe the worst... 2019 drop off of any superstar on the roster Miz had a great 2017 a great 2018 horrible 2019 I look at the Miz in 2019 and can't believe like a year and a half ago I was saying the Miz is ready to be WWE champion again because 2019 the Miz is not Uh, Baron Corbin I already talked about going to Smackdown Shorty Gable is staying on Smackdown you mean Chad Gable nope Shorty Gable And uh, Elias going to SmackDown. Uh, The post-draft SmackDown picks that were announced on The Bump, WWE's Wednesday morning show. Cesaro, I think people were a little worried that Cesaro was going to just stay a free agent, but he's not. He's on SmackDown. Uh, Also on SmackDown, Dana Brooke, Drake Maverick, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Luke Harper. Um, In terms of free agents now... um, Alicia Fox, you know, I'm looking at the list. Technically, Lana is a free agent, but she'll go to Raw. She's been with, you know, Rusev and Bobby Lashley. That's clear. I think technically Aiden English is a free agent, but that's, you know, uh, he's not a superstar anymore. He'll just he'll keep doing 205 Live commentary, I'm sure. Leo Rush was on Raw, but he's clearly in NXT. He's now the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Alicia Fox, interestingly enough, was moved to the alumni section uh, of WWE. So... At WWE.com, so maybe uh maybe that's it for Alicia Fox. Uh, who knows? Um, and then you have a bunch of guys that were not in uh either of the draft pools, okay? The Ascension, not in the draft. The Colones, not in the draft. Ember Moon, not in the draft because she's injured. Jeff Hardy, not in the draft, Lars Sullivan, Maria Canellis, Maurice, Matt Hardy. Mickey James, although Mickey James, I think, is doing commentary now for main event. Naomi not in the draft. Nia Jax not in the draft. Paige not in the draft, although she was great on backstage. Ruby Riot, Sheamus, and the Usos, none of them were in the draft. So, And I, I think that that's better. I like the idea of all of the people that I just mentioned, that assuming they are going to come back, at some point they'll be back. And when they are, I think it should be a where are they going question. You know, I don't think that there's any reason to announce where they're going now and spoil that surprise. I like the idea of figuring out when they come back. So that's the draft. I broke it all down with Wade Keller on his podcast. You know, we kind of went over some specifics for about an hour and a half of who did better. What do you think of this pick? What do you think of that pick? Um, You know, and I talked about it on Monday too. We can go back. You can go back and listen to the Monday show. Um, Some of the picks were wonky, but all in all, I, I I think that. The draft is not about the draft. The draft is about what you do with the draft. I think the most important part is that there's been a draft. The wild card rule is over. Our rosters are as cemented as we're going to get them. Oh, and uh, as of... And this is a weird one. uh, As of WWE backstage on Tuesday, Triple H made the announcement. We were told there was going to be a blockbuster trade. It was more like a move. Uh... Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, who inexplicably were drafted as separate choices to Monday Night Raw, have been drafted as a team back over to SmackDown, uh, which I think is good for SmackDown because their women's division was looking a little shallow. So I think that that's going to help a lot. And Alexa Bliss is such a star. Nikki Cross is amazing too. But that, that as a package, they're great. Um, the Authors of Pain coming over to Raw, I think you could you could justify because they said. Alicia Fox, I'm sorry, not Alicia Fox, Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross were going over to SmackDown in exchange for future consideration to the Raw brand. And I guess you could say the authors of Pain were the future consideration. Um, so yeah, so that's that. Uh, that. And No, it doesn't make any sense that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were drafted separately, then still treated as a team then sent to SmackDown after one day just because, and, you know, of course, it's all wonky. But we have our rosters. That's the important part. Uh, I think both shows have big rosters. I think this is the most main event name talent that SmackDown has ever had, Uh, and I think that's clearly by design. Uh, And, you know, I think it's time to go. You know, I think it's time to just move, move, move with it, and I think it could be good. You know, we can look at what happened Monday, uh, I think the highlights, aside from this draft stuff, and, you know, starting this, technically starting tomorrow, starting Friday with SmackDown is is when we should expect the stories to be told. You know, as of this week, we were still in holding patterns with both Raw and SmackDown because the draft was still happening. We had matches like Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch, even though they were on separate rosters. We had, you know, all the matches. They didn't necessarily push forward what those shows would look like in the future, Uh, SmackDown sprinkled it in and Raw sprinkled it in too. Uh, I love the idea of the Viking Raiders winning the tag titles. I'm I'm glued to the screen whenever the Viking Raiders are on. I've loved them for a long time. I think the presentation is cool. uh, And I think they should be tag team champions. I wish Luke Harper had gone over to Raw because I would have loved an eventual Harper and Rowan versus the Viking Raiders tag team title war. But we're not getting that. Uh, However, there are a bunch of tag teams on Raw. So, and I like that the tag team titles are being held by a by tag team specialist, by a team that you look at as a tag team, not a pairing of two singles. Uh, I think it's good. You know, I think that putting Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode in the position and giving them the tag team titles, while they didn't really do much as champions, their road to get there certainly did more for both of them, more so Robert Roode than Ziggler. But it did it did good work for both of those guys to be in that position, um, especially the road that they took getting there with with Robert Roode getting a pinfall victory over Seth Rollins. So they're coming into SmackDown way bigger and way more importantly than they would have had they not gone through that tag team title journey. So I'm happy about the tag title journey, journey existing in general. Uh, however... Uh, it, it, I'm 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 glad that uh, a pure tag team like the Viking Raiders, who I believe you know who's going to beat them, are the champions. I think that that's great. Uh, we saw the continuation of Seth Rollins and the Fiend uh, as of today. Also in that same video where they announced Authors of Pain were going to be going over to Raw, they announced that Seth Rollins is now not part of Team Hogan in the Team Hogan versus Team Flair Crown Jewel match because he's in the uh pinfalls can anywhere match with the fiend he was being advertised as being in both matches as recently as monday but as of today he is only doing the pinfalls can anywhere match with the fiend you know um and the fiend versus seth rollins is still being advertised uh as dark as a dark match going forward at monday night raw tapings you know as as far away as november so for the next few weeks um i think if the fiend is going to be on smackdown you kind of got to figure out what's next for the fiend right now hope you know because it's like if the fiend and seth rollins are going to be on separate rosters then we should put a bow on this at crown jewel like that should be the end of this unless survivor series is going to be the one night of the year when and smackdown go head-to-head in competition um or compete in head-to-head competition or whatever it is uh then I guess you can pull off one more Fiend-Seth Rollins match. But it's going to be weird if Survivor Series is Raw versus SmackDown because we just spent the better part of the year with the wild card rule and the draft being kind of meaningless. So it might be a decent year to take off from that theme. But who knows? I don't know what they'll put together. Maybe they'll put together some amazing matches. Either way, I think that the sour taste of Hell in a Cell has not been removed from our mouths. I think that it has really done bad things to the reaction that Seth Rollins gets from the audience. You know, he gets booed now, uh, which is sucks for Seth because at the end of the day, Seth is great, but he needs he needs to be refreshed. We need to be reminded of why we love Seth so much. You know? Because he's not like, like we wanted him to be the guy. He's not the company choice. He's the fan's choice. And the fans have turned on him. But I think that story should be told. You know, I think we should acknowledge what's going on and push that forward. Um, you know, I, I I still think that... I, I really think that Seth needs to lose the title to The Fiend. And, you know make The Fiend... Okay, well, now The Fiend's the Universal Champion, so even though he's a SmackDown superstar, he has to be on Raw. Raw gets him because now he's the Universal Champion, and the Universal Championship stays on Raw post-draft. Maybe you pull that off. You know, maybe Brock Lesnar's not going to be on TV, so The Fiend carries the Universal Championship on Raw until he loses it... I mean, on SmackDown, until he loses it somehow. But I, I, I really... I don't see how you get out of this without putting the Universal Championship on The Fiend without doing damage, personally. You know, I really want to see The Fiend as the Universal Champion, at least for a short time. He's the most popular superstar in WWE right now. You know, there's nobody that people are more excited to see than that guy. So why not, you know? People don't expect it, too. The fact that people don't expect it, I think, is even more reason to do it. Seth Rollins burned down the Firefly Funhouse. He's taken away the Firefly Funhouse. What can the Fiend take away from Seth? He's got to take away the Universal title. I think it's the only way. Let me take a pause. If you're listening to this, you're probably watching all this wrestling that I'm talking about. Every single day there's more wrestling to watch. At night, you're watching wrestling. You used to be with your partner at night, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever it is. It used to be their night. Now, the night belongs to wrestling. You know what that means? It means that whenever they want, You're going to need to be ready to go physically for them. They need to feel beautiful. They need to feel appreciated. And you need not only the physical prowess, but the confidence to pull off pleasing them whenever they need to be pleased. You're probably sitting there right now, and you're going, Sam, I have a lot of confidence. Sam, I'm virile. I have prowess, but I don't know if I have that much prowess. Especially after a week like this, I'm exhausted. Never again. Never again will you have to use that excuse. Thanks. It's a blue chew. Look. Blue chew. It's like the color blue. It's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Anytime, day or night. So if you're up all night watching wrestling, your partner falls asleep, they wake you up in the morning, they go, look. You fell asleep on me last night because you're watching freaking wrestling again. I need to be satisfied. And you need to get that thing up right now, okay, and satisfy me. You go, oh, hold on just a second. Let me brush my teeth. I don't want to offend you with my morning breath. You know what you do when you're in the bathroom? Turn the sink on, you know, brush your teeth a little bit, but pop a blue chew. See, since it's a chewable, not a pill, it works even faster. Okay, even if you could just benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, they're gonna sit there. This is what your partner's gonna say, right? Even if you're fine the way you are now, you pop a blue chew, you get the confidence, you get the confidence based on the extra physical power that you have radiating from that man meat of yours, okay? And you know what your partner's gonna say? They're gonna say, please keep watching wrestling because what's ever changed in your life has made it so that I'm never going to be able to be with another person again. I really think that's what's going to happen. But you need to figure it out for yourself, okay? It's prescribed online. It's shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. There's no awkwardness. There's no weirdness. You don't have to visit a doctor in person. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. None of it. And they're made in the USA. They ship direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. It's amazing. How much cheaper than a pharmacy, you say? As cheaper than a pharmacy as it gets. How about this? Free. 100% cheaper than a pharmacy. It is free when you use promo code ROBERTS. Try BlueChew. BlueChew.com. Enter promo code ROBERTS, and all you're going to do is pay $5 for the shipping of it. I'm going to change your life for the better. You're going to say thank you. Your partner's going to say thank you. You're going to say thank you, Sam Roberts. Your partner's going to say thank you, Sam Roberts. I'm going to say for what? You're going to say, for Blue Chew, let me tell you what I did with it. I'm going to say, this has gotten very uncomfortable for me. I don't need all the details, but trust me, I know how it works. And I appreciate that you thanked me. Now, you guys go off, and you use that thing. And you'll go, no problem. I just popped a Blue Chew. Try it for free. $5 shipping. Use promo code ROBERTS. R-O-B-E-R-T-S. BlueChew.com. B-L-U-E. Chew.com. Promo code ROBERTS. To try it for free. We talked about uh, Backstage premiering this week. Backstage came on after the biz ball game uh, over on Fox Sports One, which I think probably makes sense why they're waiting. It was a preview episode, of course, hosted by Booker T and Renee Young, your normal host. They had uh, Triple H come on as a guest, and they were joined by Christian and Paige to round out the panel for that first episode. Christian and Page were both phenomenal. Uh and you know, what can you say about Renee and Booker T? They're incredible. They're they're built to host that show. Uh so I, I think that it now that I think about it, it makes a lot of sense that they're waiting till November to premiere this show because they're waiting until after baseball. So on, you know, hopefully there won't be a game that kind of makes the start time of the show floating. They said backstage will be on after the baseball game this time. So if we wait until after baseball, then we can actually have a hard time that the show starts. I think, I think that that's the idea of waiting until November before they premiere it. But I really enjoyed the first episode, the the preview episode. And everything I read on social media, people enjoyed it as well. You know, I thought it was super well produced. I thought it was Renee at her best. I thought it was Booker T at his best. I thought, you know, there was good content. It wasn't boring. It didn't get old. It it didn't rely on anything. It moved. It was slick. It was tight. But it still felt like personality-driven. You know? I I just, you know, it it was enough backstage. Triple H comes on as a guest, and Booker T asks him about Bruce Prichard coming over to take over SmackDown. You know, there's some non-storyline stuff. There's some storyline stuff. Here's what I really liked. At the end, they had Paige and Renee answer... Mean tweets. Now, I'll let you in on something. More often than not, when you see mean tweets on television, they're fake. They're not real mean tweets. They just, you know, made up a Twitter account, sent in a mean tweet. And you can always tell. You know, who, Nobody goes and looks up the Twitter account. But if you did, you'd be able to look at it and see like, oh, like some intern made this up. This isn't real. But I looked up the Twitter account that Renee was reading from because I can't remember what his name was now, but it stuck in my head when they aired it. It was a real Twitter account. It was the real deal, and Renee was great, making that Fox money. Paige hooks her up with the of Rooney, you know? I thought, I, some people were harsh on the Seth Rollins therapy skip, but I thought it was cute. I thought it was good. I thought it was quick. You know, I, I didn't mind it at all. Why not, you know, try some different stuff? I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, the idea of Stone Cold coming back for one match, I thought it was a really good mix of pushing, current WWE storylines and promoting the fact that SmackDown's on Fox and all that, but at the same time, talking about what people are talking about on Reddit, what people are talking about on Twitter, like what wrestling fans are talking about. It really did feel like a show that was designed for wrestling fans. Yeah, I've missed Talking Smack. I think a lot of people have missed Talking Smack since it went away. Talking Smack gave us a lot to work with in terms of content. There's a period of time where it was my favorite show on the WWE Network. There was a period of time where I would DVR SmackDown and I would come home on a Wednesday before I recorded the podcast. It would be okay if I missed some of SmackDown, but I had to make sure I watched Talking Smack because the show was that good. And I got those vibes from backstage as well. I think we've only sort of scratched the surface, but I think Booker T and Renee are absolutely going to shine super brightly and that show is going to be something that, uh, It's going to work out really well for us fans. I think it's going to be great. Um, Let's get to Wednesday now. Wednesday, you had uh, Wednesday Night Wars. I'm going to check real quick. As we're uh, taping this, I feel like the rating should have come out. If there's anybody in the Discord room... um, Oh, and we have an official WWE podcast just announced. After the Bell with Corey Graves is coming out. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If Corey Graves thinks that he's going to come into the podcast world and he's going to take my job, he's got another thing coming. If Corey Graves wants a podcast war, we'll have a podcast war. And I want you to know that, and I want to make sure that Corey Graves knows that. That 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 Corey Graves needs to realize that, okay, he wants to put a little headset on He wants to sit behind a table and talk about what's going on in the ring for SmackDown. He can do that. He wants to go on the WWE Network and he wants to talk to superstars about their little tattoos and whatnot. He can do that, okay? He wants to be on Total Divas and trying to make Carmella feel better. He can do that too. But if he wants to come to the home of the last professional broadcaster and he wants to do this, we can be friends or we can be enemies. It's up to you. It's up to you, Graves. Whatever you want to do. I'm assuming after the bell with Corey Graves is probably going to be a pretty good podcast. But, but, I dare you. You know what I mean? I dare you. Um, but I was gonna, uh, I was gonna look up if we had the ratings in yet for uh, what's it called? for NXT or AEW just to. See, so I could uh, report to you guys uh, what we got. Let me see if I can find it anywhere on Twitter. If not, then I guess they're just not out yet. And we're not going to report on the ratings every single week. I just, you know. Um, Let's see. Uh, I'm seeing national numbers should be out momentarily. Uh, AEW is down 9% from last week. Uh, Okay. All right, I don't know. If uh, if we get an update before we're done recording, I'll let you know what it is. But uh, until then, we won't have it. We'll just talk about the shows because we're fans and that's what we do. So I thought, man, you know, AEW is great. I, and I flip back and forth, I'll be honest. Um, I was flipping back and forth, and AEW is doing really good at, at putting out big matches, and they announced big matches for next week already, the main event, world title, Darby Allin, Chris Jericho, the whole deal. I found myself glued to NXT for just about the whole show. I thought that NXT was, for NXT fans, pretty close to perfect. I thought every segment of NXT, and you can call me a show, you can call me a mark, you can call me, uh, you can say my podcast is bought and paid for. It doesn't have that WWE logo on it like Corey Graves' podcast does. That's for sure. But I'm an NXT fan. I've always been an NXT fan. I'll always be an NXT fan. And I thought this week's episode of NXT was amazing. The fact that that's the product that was on USA is so cool to me because it is saying absolutely true to what NXT is. NXT could come at you and hit you with, you know, uh, it's Finn Balor versus Cesaro in the main event. It's... Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa in the main event. Just like throwing everything they can at you at TV just to get ratings points. I'm not saying that's what AEW is doing. I'm just saying that's what... Because uh, I don't think. I think AEW is also pacing themselves. But I'm just... I'm not... These aren't masked shots. These are just, is just commentary on what NXT is doing. I think NXT is still pacing themselves in a beautiful way. The fact that they go, okay, you know what we're going to use our main event segment for? An amazing match between the Archer of Infamy and Pete Dunne. You know, seeing that happen, I've been a fan of Punishment Martinez since he was in Ring of Honor. And, you know, I heard he got signed. I saw his photos on Twitter at the Performance Center and it was like you've kind of been waiting for months now to see something happen. And it's like, oh, maybe it's going to be a slow build. I think he had one match on NXT TV months ago before he had really developed a character or anything like that. Just, you know, Damian Priest, or or I think he was still going by that name back then. But to see him come out in the full gimmick, to see him with the girls backstage, I love what they're doing on NXT with the flags, that each superstar has their own flag, almost like an MMA training camp-looking thing, and that the, they show their warm-ups that way. Um, see him with the girls, see him come out, uh, the archery thing, have an incredible match with Pete Dunne, and actually get the victory over Pete Dunne. That was a big, big look for Damian Priest. I thought ever, I thought they did such a better job this week than they've been doing of telling stories. And I hope that that is a trend that will continue. I think they got to keep telling stories um, and tell more of them. You know, I think at the end of the day, NXT is going to be able to put on the best wrestling matches in the world. Uh, the talent pool that they have in NXT is the damnedest thing I've ever seen. But I really think that, like, what does it for me? I loved, for instance, the Undisputed Era segment where it was the pre-tape where they came out with the USB stick, and then Moro said it's been cleared to air, and they showed the 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 Undisputed Era beating up the Velveteen Dream badly, you know, in the warehouse or, or wherever the truck was, because it was like, oh, like. For the longest time, it was almost like, well, since the Undisputed Era is bad, guys, they're going to be cowards, and Velveteen Dream can make fun of Roderick Strong and say he has a little penis on television all he wants, and, you know, the Undisputed Era are just going to avoid him like the plague. But no, I mean, the Undisputed Era have set up this thing where, no, of course not. We're the best group in NXT. There's consequences to these actions. So, the fact that they laid out Velveteen Dream like that made it so, like, you know, they're not laughing stocks. They're aggressive, they're mean, and they won't put up with the idea that they're not looked at as the number one thing in NXT. So, I loved that. All the, I'm very much looking forward to Rhea Ripley versus uh, Bianca Belair. You know, I, I love the idea because you could look at it two ways, you know, through one lens it kind of is starting to feel like, or it was before this week. Before this week, it was really starting to feel like Shayna Baszler had already pretty much gone through the entire women's division. That as deep as the women's division is in NXT, Shayna Baszler's already beaten everybody. And I'm sitting there going like, what are they going to do at TakeOver War Games for that women's championship? But with everything that we saw in NXT this week with the women, like, it really, really reminded me NXT has the best women's division in the world right now in terms of pro wrestling. And and I love that, you know, we talked about with Adam Cole on the podcast on Monday that on the men's side, they have multiple challengers for that title. You know, the Velveteen Dream is still in that conversation, even though he's more North American championship uh, territory at the moment. But the fact that you have Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa and... You can't go to fans as a whole and have them say, well, clearly it should be this one because you can make the argument for both and you can make the argument that you want to see both. You know, the fact that Tegan Knox comes back, they make a big deal about her return and she's calling out Shayna Baszler and Dakota Kai is at her side, you know, and Io Shirai is calling out Shayna Baszler, but Rhea Ripley has a problem with Io Shirai but Bianca Belair has a problem with Rio Ripley because she thinks that she deserves a title shot. Next week we've got Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley, you know, thinking that, okay, well, that will paint a clear picture of who the number one contender is. But we already know Eo Shirai doesn't like Rhea Ripley. And we know that Tegan Knox doesn't like Shayna Baszler. And she has history with Dakota Kai. But realistically, the reason Eo Shirai doesn't like Rhea Ripley is because Eo Shirai wants a shot at Shayna Baszler. Same thing Rhea Ripley wants. So either one of those two women are not gonna be happy if Tegan Knox tries to take that title shot. Like there is there, it's so interwoven now. And that is, I think, the way it should be. For too long, wrestling has been cut and dry. Here's the story between two people. We'll run it into the ground and have them fight each other nine times before we finally just say, okay, that's over. The idea that that it really, I think, makes a championship seem more prestigious when a champion has to like get through all the weeds to figure out really who is the number one contender when everybody, because everybody in the women's division and multiple people in the men's division are all saying I'm entitled to a championship opportunity at the next takeover. You know? And I think you could say something similar about uh, about the men's title. You know, I still think that your best bet is to do a one-on-one. We've got a triple threat North American championship match next week on television on NXT, which is going to, I mean, tear the house down. I couldn't believe Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee. I thought this week's match might have been even better than the match they did on the first week of NXT. It was so good. And I think adding Roderick Strong into the mix and the fact that really, because of the way NXT is presented, you can't sit there and tell me, well, clearly Roderick Strong is going to win. I would think he'd be the odds-on favorite right now, but I could see either Keith Lee or Dominic Dijakovic also winning that title, which makes the match worth watching. It's not just going to be a great match, but the the answer is in and out for you. That was my problem in January with the Bianca Belair-Shayna Baszler match. It's because matches at TakeOver, like, it shouldn't be super obvious who's going to win. And, you know, I mean, we, we went through all these women. We didn't even talk about Mia Yim. We didn't even talk about, you know, half the people. So, you know, I love that for the next few weeks, we can really discern who's going to be the number one contender for the Women's Championship And by the time we get to takeover, still have an argument. And by the time we get to takeover, and odds are Shayna Baszler beats whoever she's in the ring with, we already know in our heads there's at least two people that are gunning for the opportunity for the next women's championship match. You know? All this stuff is happening, and you're like, well, at some point, Candice LeRae is going to want another match. At some point, Mia Yim is going to want another match. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy how deep that women's division is right now in NXT. Um... You know, I, I, I I thought I was so, I got excited. I got, you know, the first week that NXT aired, my adrenaline was going for sure. That September 18th, one hour NXT on USA opens with the fatal four-way with the women, Dijakovic versus Keith Lee. Like, you know, my, my blood is going crazy. This is awesome. I felt that way again this week, more so than I think I have for any of the other shows. I think this was maybe my favorite NXT TV show. And it's amazing because, you know, two weeks ago, you are you got a takeover level show headlined by Matt Riddle and Adam Cole for the NXT championship. And still, I think this week was my favorite show because, you know, it, it really opened the doors. Now, you know, I don't, I'm not a, a numbers guy, so I don't, care too much about the ratings. I feel like Wednesday night is for wrestling fans and we're wrestling fans. And we just, I mean, we've got nothing but amazing shows on Wednesday night. And this is what I mean. This is why they talk about competition being so good. The fact that NXT has something to measure itself up against, like it's not just measuring itself up against itself or against what else is on TV. There's other wrestling on on Wednesday nights and that's making it so that when the 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 NXT has got a chip on its shoulder it's got something to prove and as an organization i think that they are are super motivated for a number of reasons and we've talked about all of them to put out the best wrestling show on the planet and for me just for me as an individual i'm not talking about global appeal i'm not talking about anything other than me as an individual fan so far, in the last seven days, this week's NXT by far has been my favorite wrestling show. Uh, and, you know, I, I just, I loved it so much. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty close to perfect. Um, when, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, I was flipping back and forth to AEW. The the championship match was good. Everything was good. Obviously, everything is LAX is such a good act. I wish they were in NXT, to tell you the truth. Um... And what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, you know, the controversy around Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt being a tag team and why would anybody sell for these little little guys? Like, you know, I mean, that's kind of what wrestling is in 2019. Evolve with it. It's entertainment. We all know it's entertainment. Let's see if two guys that are smaller than me can get me lost in a story, which they did effectively because the crowd was cheering for them, then... You shouldn't be complaining based on principle. And I think a lot of the complaints are based on principle. Um, Let's move on to tonight or tomorrow night, depending on when you're listening to this, I guess. Friday Night SmackDown this week, I believe all that has been announced so far is Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman Reigns. Intercontinental Championship is on the line. And I've got to tell you, I would not be at all surprised if... um, Roman Reigns is a uh, two-time—I think he's only won it once before. I would not be surprised to see Roman Reigns win the Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown. I think one of two things is going to happen. Either way, it's going to be really interesting. I think that this week, this Friday, we get a look at what Roman Reigns' future on SmackDown is. So, if Brock Lesnar is not going to be on SmackDown every week— I think you need a main event superstar with some shiny gold to show off on television every week. And Roman Reigns might be that guy. You know, I I think it was the same reason he had the Intercontinental title the last time. It's because, you know, okay, well, if we don't have our WWE champion, Brock Lesnar, on TV every week, let's elevate the Intercontinental title and let's put it on our top guy on SmackDown. Let's Let's get a title on Roman Reigns. It's time. I'm just excited over the fact that we're going to see Shinsuke versus Roman Reigns. I think that it's so cool. I go back to watching Shinsuke Nakamura in the Tokyo Dome, and I I freak out over the fact that the match is happening at all. Um, You know, I'm I'm a Shinsuke Nakamura fan, so I would love to see him win. I just don't think that he will. I think either Roman Reigns wins the Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown, or somebody comes out and interferes. Could be The Fiend. Could be Daniel Bryan. Could be, uh, let me pull up my draft sheet again. See if I'm missing uh, anybody on the high end. Could be Baron Corbin because he's mad about how low he was drafted. Um, Could be Braun Strowman. Who knows if Braun Strowman's going to be a bad guy now that he's on SmackDown. You know, there's a lot of people that it could be um, interfering in that match. If somebody interferes in that match, though, one of those people, then we'll get the picture of what Roman Reigns' rivalry is going to look like going forward. I think that the story with Eric Rowan has had a bow put on it. He beat him in a uh, in a Lumberjack match. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns beat Eric Rowan and Luke Harper in, in a tag team match. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns embraced. I, I feel like, unless Daniel Bryan is going to turn again, and I don't think he will at this point, I don't know how much more story you have to tell there. So, because of that, either The Fiend or Baron Corbin are going to interfere in the match and cost Roman Reigns the Intercontinental title, setting up that story, or you've got Roman Reigns as Intercontinental champion, and I think either one is equally likely at this point. But I'm going to be watching. They say that that is the match that is going to start SmackDown this week. Big, big match to start SmackDown. Love the pyro. SmackDown's feeling like a big show. I'm interested to see now, now that the dust has settled on the draft, what SmackDown looks like going forward with this roster. This is the roster. Let's start to paint that picture. And no pressure or anything, Bruce Pritchard, but the world now knows that you're in charge of SmackDown. So let's see what you got, right? I mean, his podcast is good. Why wouldn't SmackDown be good? Hey, there you have it. Uh, Not Sam or Thursday, Not Sam Thursday edition of Not Sam Wrestling for this week. Don't forget to subscribe to this here podcast. Click the subscribe button, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever. You know what? Hit the subscribe button on multiple spots. You can listen on Patreon every week. If you are a Not Sam shill, sign up at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. And uh, keep checking the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash notsam as all kinds of videos are going to be posted there all the time. Appreciate you joining us again this week on Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Read, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam.